This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Welcome back to another edition, episode 29, Saturday night. What are we, 10 days into a quarantine, the Strategy of Fitness podcast? How's everything going tonight, Dan and Rob? Everything is great in my world, just kind of getting used to the whole quarantine life. Wifey is working full-time and taking care, you know, like she's got to do her online lessons and stuff, so pretty big burden for her, but we're, we're hanging in there. How you doing, Rob? Dude, online teaching is no joke. I feel bad for Leah. I've done like one class so far and just the prep time and like making sure you're connected to the internet, like live lecturing is a nightmare, dude. Yeah, she's uh, she's not having fun. And then also too, like the kids are, you know, at a rough age to watch. So it is like- She's high school, right? Yeah, high school. So they're, they're pretty good with it. I mean, and, and she can, the good thing is she can record it and then they watch it. So they can kind of watch it at their own pace, but- well, they probably at least had a plan up there. I'll tell you, Mallory. Yeah, they do. It's kind of funny. Mallory's like, and my mom, they both are like, yeah, no school till May 15th. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And there was no contingency plan. Like, it was just like, yeah. And, that, and now the administration's like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. And, you know, they're middle schoolers. So some of them don't have gadgets and stuff like that. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a little rougher. Sounds it's fun. It's tough. And what about you, Rob? I mean, is it like, I mean, I'm assuming you're, t- you're talking to college kids. They all have the stuff. So are you guys just trying to fall into a rhythm? Yeah, it's just, it's hard for me because I hate hearing myself talk. And it was like, I had a two hour class where I was leading the whole discussion and people will like chat in. They don't really say anything. They just type in their answers. So I'm dictating the whole thing. And I, I just get so sick of hearing myself after two hours. I was just, I was spent. And now you're on a podcast. So yeah, a little bit more. <laughs> well, I just default to you guys here. That's easy. <laughs> Yeah. How many people show? I mean, how many people are in your lecture? Each class is about 65 students. And I'm assuming you're in, in the weekday, you have a few of those throughout no, the week. No, my, my teaching schedule is pretty light. So I might have one or two of those in a week. Oh, nice. So, other than that, you're not in the gym, but kind of in the gym? Usually when we're not in quarantine. But I mean, colleges are shut down. So I'm doing, doing nothing on site those days. It's just coordinating things through, through email and text. But typically, yeah. 29 weeks into this and I've, I've still don't know your, your, your breakdown in your work, but that's pretty sweet. If you're only lecturing, I, once I still don't know what I'm doing week to week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob, I can't imagine because going through PT school, like we never had disruptions. Like I remember one time it snowed like 38 inches and you get your ass to class. Like, <laughs> we, we didn't even have a second. Like I can't imagine what kind of disruptions caused to a PT program. Well, I was having a great talk with Griffer the other day. He called me. I guess he's been listening to the podcast, heard the shout out. So we talked for like a good hour and a half the other night. And I was, <laughs> You'll never hear from him for like another couple months. No, but. that's that's like a year's worth of conversation right there with Griff. But, uh, 
we were talking about it because some of the students complain like grad school, everything is three hour lectures and they have two in a day. And they're like, man, that's a long day. I'm like, I'm pretty sure when I was in PT school, like on Tuesdays, we would go from like eight to nine, like 8 a.m. till 9 p.m. with like a couple breaks in there. But it was a long ass day. Yeah, nothing compares to Delaware PT school. I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different level. Like I like I have I have like kids who are students and they're like, you know, some other schools and they're like, Yeah, like I'm still like hanging on a part time job. Like I, I just remember there was like six hours in the week. Like, I don't know, man. I, I know there's a couple of people that have part time jobs in our class, but not much. Yeah. It was brutal. Yo, Nick, we gotta talk. Your fucking snatch is so money. How the fuck did you do that? <laughs> oh, it's fired up. I think I told you guys like a week or two ago, I had the 265 over my head. My max ever is 255. So it's, it's only five pounds more, but man, it felt like I lifted Mars or something. It was such a cool feeling anytime you hit a PR. And the way I did it, good question, is my form. <laughs> I've been talking about this the last two or three weeks, but like my, I didn't just get really strong all of a sudden. I've just been hitting the bar in the right place. So any of the newbie lifters out there, before you worry about anything else, like there's been times in my life I could lift more with my legs and my upper body, but my form has never been tighter. So my bar path on these Olympic lifts is hitting that crease in that hip in a perfect spot. And that's what it's all about. So Dan, I know you've stayed away from the the snatch, especially the squat snatch, but if you ever get into it, I feel like I finally have some methods to the madness. But man, when you hit it right, it's it's effortless. Yeah, it's like uh, hitting a home run in baseball, right? It's just kind of you exactly. hit it. It's just exactly. like, I, I, it's like a really good drive. That? Yeah. I double to the gap where you just don't feel it come off. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I was really impressed with that. And then I'm looking at myself. I'm like, fuck, I'm like at a 255 front squat. So I got, I got some work to do. But again, <laughs> compar- compar- comparison is the death of happiness. So, exactly. so we're two, two different people doing two different things. So I, I was pumped for you, man. I know how much work you put into it. I know you've been doing Chris's programming. I think that guy's like, you know, uh, you know, I think the genius goes, you know, a little far, but you know, he's definitely, definitely got you doing some interesting stuff and it's very regimented. And I think you've been making some really good progress in this program. It definitely gets you out of your own stuff. Yeah. I love the structure of it. I'll tell you, like I, I told him after that, I was like, Hey, I want 275 for a snatch. So like, let's go get it. I'll do another six months, whatever. I still have two more months with this program. But the thing that I've noticed is it's so similar to that Invictus programming that's now paid for. It used to be free and the structure just like, Hey, you're going to do six weeks of this. And every Monday, you're going to go in and you're going to do these type of snatches. And every Tuesday, you're going to do these type. Now, obviously, he just sends me 10 workouts and I have to kind of format them how I format them. But just knowing like, okay, Monday, I'm doing heavy snatches. And then it's heavy hang snatches. And of course, if your hang snatch is going up, your regular snatch go up, et cetera. So I love I love the programming. I love the not thinking about it. And I love the PRs. That was That's one that, that really made me happy, as you could tell by me screaming in the in the video. No, that's awesome. Got me hyped for sure. And and Rob, what did you do? What'd you get into? What's uh what's the Rob week looking like? So quietly, Rob's putting together a little Iron Man streak right here, the old Cal Ripkin two one three one. Every <laughs> every day since I've been home from the hospital, I've gotten something in. So Oh great. Every day just getting a little bit of something. Little Rob, my buddy that we we talk about on here quite a bit, he's he's locked out of his gym, so he's completely aimless right now. So he came and met me this week. We did a little track session. Introduced him to some four hundreds, and then he came over here yesterday. We went out to my my parking pad and hit some some clean and jerks, and then we did like a partner version of of Macho Man. It wasn't exactly to the minute interval, but we just did like 
I go, you go, change the weights. However long it takes to change the weights is your rest. And man, that freaking, that crushed me, dude. I couldn't believe how, how quick that caught up to me. What was the version of Macho Man that you guys did together? So we just did it at different weights. It was still the three cleans, three front squats, three presses, but I would go at 185 and then I'd strip the 25s and Rob would go at 135. Yeah. So whatever the rest was to change the weight is what we did. And we just went for 10 rounds. So we, we probably, we were a little bit over that, that minute per round, but right. I, I hit like round six and those jerks, I, cu- I couldn't believe mm. how, how weak my jerk had gotten just from not doing it. Like it was that recovery for reps two and three was just knocking the wind out of me. Yeah, that, that workout's probably going to be the workout we talk about most on this on this entry. <laughs> you know, like we all did it this week. Dan, how did you feel? You've done it twice. Yeah, I did it twice this week because I, I didn't realize I was getting sick. I kind of felt good going into it. And then mm-hmm. I, I had had this macho man. I did that workout. So I did it a little different. I did 135 like Little Rob. So I did it every 90 seconds on the minute. So every, or every 90 seconds. So did five rounds plus seven and I was just gas. I was dead and I did a run and my time sucked. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And you know, I texted you, Nick, and you're like, no, do better. Like <laughs> you got to hit that again. Yeah. I woke up the next day, felt like shit, had a, had a rough, you know, kind of GI bug this week. But then like I took Nick's advice and I like, I am definitely better than this. So I did the same thing every 90 seconds and I had 12 rounds. So the first time I hit five rounds and seven reps, the second time I did, I hit 12 rounds and seven reps. So like more than a double improvement, I think yeah. it's just because I was, I was sick as hell. You had there's to be no sick. way. Yeah. yeah exactly. I was, something was going on, but I will say Rob and that, that those presses, you know, even at 135, which again, it's kind of, kind of heavy for me. Definitely got me there. And I will say that during this this time where I'm at home, I've used this and I'm like, I'm never going to put less than 135 on the bar. And I got to get used to my front squat grip, my thrusters, my overhead presses. Like I'm going to, or, you know, working on some variation of that every point of the week, just so I can just get used to getting that weight over my head for a thruster or a cleaning jerk. Because it's in, in so many workouts and it's something that's always a weakness. So trying to hammer my weaknesses as much as I can this often. Rob, what do you think? So I think my best one, I think I've went 175 on the minute for 20 rounds. And that's my macho man. Because, you know, Frazier does it at 205. And he's like one of the only people that can actually clear it. You said 185, what's cle- what's, right? What's clearing it? What's clearing it? 20, 20 rounds. Okay, okay. It's a 20-minute EMOM at 205 is like the Ben Bergeron special. So there's a video out there with a bunch of people. I think Katrin's David daughter, whatever the women's weight is and Frazier at two Oh five are the only two that cleared it. And everyone else is a games athlete and they're dropping out at like 13 or 14. So one eighty five, Rob, that's a shitload of weight. It's kind of my point. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah. I, if I did it actually on the minute, I think I would get to like five or six before I'd have to tap out. Cause my push jerk was just like so inefficient. Like the last few rounds I actually switched to a push press. Cause I felt like I was able to recover a little bit more between reps. Like, I, I just need to work on the push jerk a little bit more. I haven't been do- doing much of the Olympic stuff. Let me ask you this, Nick and Rob, this goes out to you both. When I find myself at workouts, either like, what is it? The grace where it's 135, 30 overheads at that one. And then we did one where it was like a clean and jerk at 135 after a 400 meter run. When I find myself in those workouts, I always go for a push press over a push jerk. Just, it's a weird, like, you know, fatigue makes cowards of us all or idiots of us all. And I just forget to do a jerk. And I, I just kind of tighten those knees up and straighten out over the top. And for some reason that seems, I know it's harder and by all accounts it's harder, but I can, I feel like I cycle it better. What do you think about that? Or do you think that's just stupid? I should just get better at the push jerk. 
I think it's exactly what Nick was saying before. It's just you have to get that motor pattern of that jerk, like that extra dip. Because if you're yeah. not efficient, as soon as you get tired, you're gonna your timing is gonna get screwed up. You're gonna dump a bar in your collarbones, and the push press is just it's a simpler movement, right? It's just push and then press. You don't have to do that re dip. So once you yeah. get better at the push jerk, then you can start involving it in the the stuff when you're tired. But that's what happened to me is I just lost my my good technique with that. It's funny though when you're not like really proficient at that push jerk, you feel it so much more in your legs. I, I've never felt. I've never felt an overhead movement more than when I'm doing some type of squat and then I'm going and doing push jerks because I'm with you, Dan. I, I almost try to shortcut it, but then I end up paying for it by muscle. You, yeah. you pay for it because you blow your shoulders out. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah. man, shoulder exercises never feel, I never feel them in my legs when they're you know, secluded. <laughs> so it, it's a son of a bitch, man. <laughs> fun though that, that's a great workout again we talk about every week so if if you guys are out there and you need a quick one you have a barbell you can do it with lightweight and it's efficient i think what do you guys think about this i think a great goal for me would be to hit the 135 every minute on the minute if i could get 10 rounds in that i think that'd be a pretty pretty uh, great place for me to be at this stage in my uh lifting. i agree definitely yeah 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 cool i think you um, can do I, it I, too, man. I think you can game it yeah, I, I think I could too. Now that I've done it twice, I mean, I just like also too. Another thing about me is like once I've done it once, like that fear of like what it's going to be like is just there's such amazing gains I have for my first to second workout on just about anything. So, be interesting to try it again and do the EMOM and just kind of see what happens. So, maybe I'll hit that next week. What else did you get into this week? Anything good? Nothing, nothing too sexy. I did a, I actually been documenting my quarantine workouts. It's pretty, uh, uh, I did those deadlifts that Rob didn't count, hit a (laughs) vested run today and, uh, Macho Man a couple of times. So yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Some squat cleans at 205, nothing to write home about. Does your, does your gym send out workouts or anything or are you just kind of picking and choosing? They do, but a lot of them are going to be minimal equipment. I do have the barbell and my biggest weakness is the barbell. So I'm trying to hit that barbell as much as I can with as heavy weights as I own as much as I can. So, Oh, and by the way, you, you asked a good question about the barbell and I'd like to get Rob's take on this. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Shoot it, shoot it out. Yeah. So I have my, my dad's like, you know, back when me and my dad were doing bench press when I was in high school, he's been getting rid of the stuff in the basement. So I have a barbell that's not probably an Olympic barbell. Although it does have a little bit of spin on it, but it kind of comes loose and I kind of like pull it in with the Allen wrench. It's, it's kind of a disastrous setup right now, but it has, what would you call that stuff? The grip, right? On the barbell? Knurling. The knurling. Yeah, the knurling is super, super rough and aggressive on my thigh. So I actually had to tape the inside of the knurling with like athletic tape. It actually helped quite a bit, but man, that was scraping the shit out of my thighs. Now, does that degrade over time? Do I have the wrong barbell? What's going on there? No, the the bars that have that more aggressive knurling are made for more like powerlifting application. Yeah, that, like, that, that's yeah. what this is. Yeah, so it's it's just not ideal for when you got to scrape the bar against your legs for like something like a clean. So. If you got some like compression tights or like longer compression shorts, those are a lifesaver when it comes to those aggressive barbells. Yeah, I work, I, you know, I, I have been wearing the tights and longer shorts with the knee sleeves, but I think the best thing, the athletic tape, I think helped it the most. And it didn't, didn't seem to take too much away from my, uh, my lips or anything. It's, the it's, spin it's, really matters, bro. I mean, yeah, those, two of five, the, matters. those 205 squat cleans felt like they were 235. <laughs> and it, my, I mean, my driveway is kind of uneven too. It was, it was rough. I was, when I was at old work, I would, there was two types of barbells and there was only six of the good Olympic lifting barbells. And when I was getting into this, I didn't think there was a difference. 
And, you know, I had really shitty form and I was just kind of muscling stuff up. And I finally started to like pick and choose. And it got to the point where I wouldn't touch just one of those powerlifting yeah. barbells. Like th- they almost got to the point where they're like kind of dangerous because they just wouldn't spin. And you're, you're relying on it to kind of move on you when you're doing your, especially your, your cleans. So, you know, keep, keep it up. Good on you, but definitely, definitely something to, you know, maybe invest in down the road. I look at it like this. I had this, um, call it the frat guitar. It was an old guitar we had at the frat house. <laughs> and I just wound like, you know, how you like winds, like in college, you just have stuff that's yours that you didn't really know where it came from. It right. wound up in my possession and it was impossible to pull the strings down to the fretboard. Right. So it took like an extra, like, every every note you played took like five times as much strength as a regular note but then i would go to my electric guitar and just shred the fuck out of it you know because you're so i look at this the same way i'm treating it the same way and i just want to i want to go full headlong into misery this whole time man i'm a cheapskate so i'm not buying a new one so well i'll I'll (laughs) warn you i'll warn you on this so when we used to train strongman we do a lot of axle training the axles don't have rotating collars on them so the only spin you get is the bar like moving on the plates uh-huh. And I feel like I've developed so many bad habits from that. Like now that I go to mm-hmm. a barbell. So you think like you're, you're toughening up by using a shitty bar. By the time you have a great bar, you're going to be so much better, but you, you just, your technique's so different than when you get a good bar, you're, you're way behind the yeah. curve. Like you need something decent to train mm-hmm. on. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. And so speaking- this quarantine goes out for another like six months, get a new barbell from iSelf Fitness. Fuck this quarantine, man. Well, here the quarantine, like all these businesses are struggling. There's this big stimulus package coming out. So yesterday I went on Rogue and bought, I finally got the Concept 2 bike. So I'm, I'm super oh, pumped. That's coming yeah, next let's week. Go. But dude, these gym companies, every website you go on, they're all back order and everything. They are absolutely killing it right now. Rogue was like shut down on orders for like a whole day because I think they're just getting flooded. All right. Well, hold on. Let's take a couple steps back here. I can't believe we didn't lead off with that. So you got a biker. Oh yeah. Oh man. Let's go. You, we've been talking about this for 29 weeks. W- what made you pull the trigger? You just finally were like, fuck it. I'm getting this. Yeah, he, got that, he got that Trump daddy check. <laughs> yeah. Big daddy Trump. <laughs> I was riding my, my airdyne, which I've had for like eight years now. And it's just like, it's not comfortable going for long rides on it. And usually when I'm home, I'm doing like my longer cardio stuff. And the belt was starting to go. I had to order a part, so I replaced that on there. And then little Rob was looking for a bike, so I'm going to sell it to him. I'm like, if he buys it, I'm just going to buy the bike. Or I was like, forget it. I, I, I've been talking about this for too long. So I just finally pulled the trigger. I've been sitting home, spending all day on my computer, doing, spending, doing way too much online shopping. As many reviews as possible, who we mention all the time, says it's the single best piece of equipment you can get if you can afford it. So it is the shit. I still don't know how you do the minute on, minute off, 600 meters. For oh, see, I still got it. I'm going to find out next yeah. week. So bad. I, I will say, Rob, Rob, for somebody who's not an efficient, I would say by his own admission, not an efficient runner or a great runner by any stretch of the imagination, when you put a, when you put him on a machine, he is a machine. I remember some of the Versa workouts he used to give me, and he would tell me about like pilots that he used to work for, and he'd be like, yeah, this is what I got. And he wouldn't tell me any of the pilot scores, and I would like kill myself trying to get what he got. And I, I, I'd be like, dude, I'm like seven minutes off of this Versa. And he'd be like, oh, well, you beat like most of my pilots, but <laughs> you can't compete with Rob on this shit, man. It's possible. Not as good with the multiple CrossFit stuff, but we just go like a single distance on one piece of equipment. As long as it's not running, I'm pretty good. Hey, and another thing with this shutdown, I- I'm a little concerned with the 
with the world of the box or the whoever, whatever small gym owner you are, man, like small business is under siege as it is, but man, the gym, that's rough, right? Like who knows what it looks like if this really does last another six, seven months, I'm sure gyms are going to have to shut down. So as terrible as that is, be looking for, for equipment for sale, I guess is the only silver lining. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's a sad world to think about. I saw an interest, and again, I'm still paying my gym membership, and, and awesome. I saw an that's interest. really sick, dude. Good for you. And I, I saw an interesting post. It was like you are not paying for your gym membership right now. You are paying for the gym you're coming back to. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess if you do have a gym, you know, I love, I absolutely like love being in that the gym world and the CrossFit community and everything like that. And fuck, you know, it's like you almost don't know what you got till it's gone. And it, it, it's you know, really, and, and I'm at this gym because Dave and Danielle who own the gym are close personal friends of mine and have loved watching their success and have loved the people that got going, you know, coming in there. So man, if you, if you can keep, you know, by any means necessary, again, my job is up in the air. I don't know what the hell's going on with my job. So it, it ain't easy over here, but you know, try to make it, try to make it work with whatever gym you're at. And then it's rough, man. The gym that I, you know, work for, you know, I'm at the Tilton Athletic Club for actual work and they're shut down totally and completely had to you know basically lay off everyone so it is it is a it is hitting everyone really hard um all right well to to change topics quickly off of that you know i got i got reached out to a couple times by some people over the last three or four weeks and they were like hey you guys did a really good job talking about diet you done, you've talked about all these all these things you take all these things you eat you never really touched you you may have touched a little bit on hydration but you never dove in so i wanted to spend at least like 10 or 15 minutes kind of at least getting the wave tops because there's so much stuff out there, but I think you can really boil it down to some pretty easy things to remember. Right. So I wanted to kind of throw it out there. I don't even know if you guys are interested in this, but it's something that I've taken for granted, very similar to sleep. And it's something that I notice when I'm training, when I, when I'm hydrated and when I'm not, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you're like, you're a water fiend, right? Yeah, I probably overhydrate. I guess my main my main reason for overhydrating is because I like I said, my my Achilles heel, like I don't I don't have these musculoskeletal nicks in a lot of ways, knock on wood, like maybe some of the other CrossFitters or other people have. I don't really get too too sore even after pretty aggressive days. My Achilles heel is is migraines and I've just known that throughout my history like if i and nick you saw me get a migraine one time i completely ruined our after plans after the competition like <laughs> like i get a migraine i'm just fucking out so i have to stay hydrated just to avoid them so i'm kind of like a fiend about it but yeah hydration is super important for 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 anyone not just from anyone who who has or suffers from migraines but yeah it's it's almost like sleep like that seven hours of sleep it's like just a box you have to check and if you don't check you're going to be really really sacrificing your performance both mentally and physically what about you, Rob? I can imagine that you'd like distill water from the rainwater and <laughs> three to four gallons uh, set out for, per week or what, what's going on? You think I'm one of those guys that walks around with a gallon jug, like strapped to my <laughs> no, backpack? No, 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 no. Absolutely. I know you, you would punch a hole in that guy's gallon of water. <laughs> I think that you have your water for the week staged and it's already prepped <laughs> and you have your electrolyte tablets already in them. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I completely off on that one. Like I'm, I'm definitely one of those just drink when you're thirsty type people. I, I'm not measuring out water. I'm, I, I'm not that diligent with it. Except for the one time I was was doing the ruck training when I was doing mm. sessions that were like three to five hours. Like you have to make sure you're hydrating correctly for that, or that 
you could really jack yourself up. But outside of like really long endurance efforts, I just, it's kind of those things just drink when I'm thirsty. Okay. Well, I'm the same way. I, the, the rule of thumb that I read, and I know that there's a ton of research out there. You know, there's some that say you should be drinking a gallon to two gallons a day. I saw that a lot of scientists or doctors have said the eight by eight rule, eight glasses of eight fluid ounces, 64 ounces for the day. I mean, Dan, are you way over that? Or I, I think to a certain I'm, extent, I'm, it doesn't matter after you go over that threshold, right? Yeah, so I, I guess I'll refer to uh, my father, who's an internal medicine doc, uh, yeah, Doctor Gorn. We should have him yeah. on here. Yeah, we should. Uh, but um, the, he was always like very. There's a very cut and dry rule. It's funny because there's a you know I, I love watching UFC and stuff like that. And there's a jujitsu coach who actually is a personal trainer, Ben Zhang, I think his name is on Instagram, and he has a lot of cool stuff on weight cutting because he's working with these UFC athletes. He's working with jujitsu competitors. And he does a lot with weight cutting, you know, before matches and things like that. And it was really cool. One of my favorite posts he had, I wish I could, I'll, I'll try to find it and throw it up, but it was about hydration. And there's very complex and scientific formulas based on your body weight and based on how much weight you're cutting and, and kind of what you need. And the funny thing is, is what my dad used to say is exactly, he, he kind of like X'd out all that stuff. And it was like, is your piss clear? Like if your piss is clear, pre-exercise, and I was just actually just doing a little mini writ, lit review before this, but uh, the biggest pre-exercise marker, if you're hydrated, is if your piss is rel- like what more on that clear side than on that yellow side. If that's what your piss looks like pre-workout, especially for endurance events, you're pretty good to go. So I just go by like, I drink water, my piss gets clear, I'm good to go. Easy enough. Rob, do you, I mean, you're saying you basically drink when you're thirsty. I'm very similar to that. I notice when my piss is like not clear, but I don't, I'm not drinking water to affect it directly. Are you the same way? Yeah. And I mean, just my normal daily routine, I'm drinking, I'm, I take in plenty of water. I think I drink like eight LaCroix a day. So I I get enough water, but I just don't, I don't have like a water bottle with me measuring and making sure I'm hitting whatever my body. I never do. I've never measured. I'm just always like, you know, if I'm not doing anything, I'm drinking water usually. When you're coaching people though, Rob, like you're coaching high performers, are you, is it one of the things you talk to them about or not so much? Yes, because you got to realize that you got to just treat everybody like they're idiots, right? Like you assume they're not doing everything they're supposed to be doing. And hydrating is such an easy thing that you shouldn't have to think about. Like, like somebody that I, I was working with might have like some neurological symptoms and it's like, well, how much water do you drink in a day? Well, I don't drink any. Well, you should probably make sure you're drinking water regularly. Like some people just don't realize that's like a normal thing your body needs. So I, I think a lot of these recommendations out there are for the the general pop and you got to think who general pop is. It's not people listening to this podcast. It's people that drink soda and that's their main source of liquid they get in a day. Rob, remember we used to go to PT school with someone. She will remain nameless for obvious reasons, but I think she used to drink like not even like the twenty ounce diet diet Pepsi's, but like the the one liter diet Pepsi's. She used to like she did not drink water; <laughs> she just drank those. And I cannot imagine we were just like, and I I'm somebody who'll dabble in that world a little bit. And, you know, with that caffeine and the coffees and the diet sodas and the, the, the bangs and whatever, like that caffeine, I think does dehydrate a little bit. I can't imagine like what her system looks like drinking just all that and no water. You know what I mean? Like to, to your point about people not really doing that. Have you done an eight year check-in to see what, what has happened? I have not, man. Um, <laughs> me, me <yeah>. <laughs> I have not, but God only knows. <laughs> 
so the benefits of, of, of drinking water, just so everyone's clear out there, I, I'm not trying to turn this into a science lesson here. It, it's not that, that big of a, it. It is a big deal, but it's, it's not that confounding or anything. It's look, you're going to have your brain function is, is going to be increased, which I wish mine was right now. Exercise <laughs> performance up, up, up. We're going to talk about, <laughs> I've been doing the exact opposite of hydrating. I've been dehydrating myself over the last hour or two. And the big one that I want to talk about because it does parallel. And we did talk about it in the diet episode is weight loss. So, so many people, you guys already kind of hit on it. They drink their calories. Anyone that, any type of nutrition, any type of dietitian, whoever you're talking to, if you're trying to lose weight or just be mindful, you drink water when you're hungry, right? Obviously, it doesn't replace a meal, but it can fill your stomach at least short term. Yeah, and I think that the important thing, you know, we talk about why is hydration important. I think it's almost more important to talk about why dehydration will mm-hmm. really affect you. And three of the main markers instead of doing this little mini lit review that I found, and and one of the ones I didn't think of, but increased cardiovascular strain. So when you're dehydrated, it's going to decrease the overall volume of your body. You know, when, when you are dehydrated, think about the blood volumes decreased, and it will put more strain on your heart. So if you think about some of these, although most of the research will suggest that the primary effect is more on aerobic performance. I think that if you have an increased strain in your cardiovascular system, it can definitely affect the other systems, both your anaerobic and your glycolytic system as well. If, if you're dehydrated, also increasing thermal strain. And I think this is important. We're talking about really hot environments when you're working and doing those two days of football in Alabama, when you have those hot, hot days, if you're doing anything outside in the summer, you know, your body's going to work a lot harder to maintain homeostasis if you don't have enough water. And then the last would be the, just the biggest one would be your decreased aerobic performance. Like Rob said with that rock, the longer the activity, the more the hydration matters. It's a very simple equation. Yeah. And with that, Rob, I'll kick this over to you. So with hydration, I know it can get kind of confusing where it's, when do I mix in electrolytes? Why is sodium so important? Can you explain that and why you need that when you're on one of those long, either marathons or rucks or whatever it is? So when you're perspiring or sweating, that's a easy way to lose electrolytes. The main one being sodium is escaping through your pores as you're sweating. And we all lose electrolytes or sodium at a different level. And there's there's ways to test this. I've seen companies that'll put a, like a sticker on your skin. You'll go through your intense activity. Then afterwards, I can give you an exact rate of how fast you lose sodium when you're training. An easy way to see if like you're a heavy salt sweater is when you wear like a dark t-shirt and you have a sweaty workout, do you get like those white salt lines on your, your shirt? Like that's a good indicator that you're a salty sweater. And you should probably think about replacing electrolytes if you're doing an intense workout and usually like an hour is the cutoff. Like if you're doing hard activity for an hour or more, you should think about electrolyte replacement. And it doesn't have to be anything super fancy. Like if you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop mixed in water once a day and every day. 
I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Gatorade, the whole marketing of that is is complete BS. So they what they were pushing there because it's, it's a sugar drink, but like even putting salt on your food after a workout or just throwing like table salt in your water is enough to replace the sodium that you're going to lose through, through exercise. Yeah. How many times Rob, I know in like outpatient PT, like sports and orthopedic physical therapy, I, it's like one of the questions they don't prepare you at all in school for, I'm doing some of the study for the SCS and just working with different athletes and hydration ties right into this. But how many people ask about cramps? You know what I mean? Like everyone always wants to know about cramps and, and you look at all the latest research and all, you know, there's really no better way to prevent cramps than staying adequately hydrated. Just like Rob said, eating a good, healthy meal and, you know, don't be afraid to put some salt on your eggs or whatever, you know, because that little bit of table mm-hmm. salt and, you know, I think the pink Himalayan sea salt's the best because I think it tastes fucking awesome. And it's just, it's somehow healthier. I don't fucking know. Um, some nerd will explain that, but <laughs> it like, if you have just a good meal, a nice hearty glass of, of water, that'll really prevent a lot of cramping. Yeah. And I don't know what the exact mechanism of cramping is. I think that like the best hypothesis, that's like some kind of like misfiring at the neuromuscular junction. But if you're not hydrating properly or getting electrolytes, if you're doing like an intense workout and you're a salty sweater and you're cramping, like that's an easy fix. Like just drink more Very water. Easy. And- so put a little salt on your food. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Yeah, yeah I know some people drink pickle juice. What are you boosting that? There's a whole supplement actually, line out there that's just like pickle juice. I think is the name of it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's just it's just salt and water, right? <laughs> yeah, or a some people of, actually drink of, pickle juice, which is fucking weirdos. Yeah, Andy Reid started d- doing that at a training camp, but there is actually a um, somebody oh, did a really? paper on that. I think there's a paper that I shows some efficacy. <laughs> He may have just had an empty pickle jar in his car <laughs> and he was fucking thirsty and he came in after a hangover <laughs> or something and said, and Tyreek Hill got done hitting his wife and said, you know what? Let me have one of, I'll do whatever he's doing. I'll, I'll follow the lead here. Jesus Christ. Andy Reid. Oh, That's funny. You ever see uh, the highlights yeah. of Andy Reid's uh, pass punt kick when he was like 10 years old? <laughs> yes. And he's 275 it should, pounds. It looks like it an should, SNL proof. He launches the ball like be, 75 yards. That should be in the Smithsonian, that, that video. is fucking awesome. It's so big. It's so, he's bigger than the ref handing him the ball. <laughs> not, he hasn't changed since. Good for him, man. I was the opposite of Andy Reid. I, I grew like, I think my freshman year of college, I had my first growth spurt, so... I was <laughs> the fucking runt. I, was, I was, I'm so jealous of that video. God, me too. Me too. I bitch about it every day. What the, you, you 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 were a late you were a late grower too, weren't you? I agree. Yeah, I graduated. Or I I wrestled at 152 my senior year, and I that summer I was buck 85. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. 
Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Rob, for sending the picture. Look at the little kid yeah. sitting there. <laughs> Look at number twenty-two. <laughs> it looks like his kid. <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's taking him to communion or something. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, All right, boys. So, anything else you want to say about this, so we can never talk about drinking water again? It's very similar to sleep with me. It's like you just need to do it. There's enough science out there that says you should, so you should. Yeah. I, again, for the, the our audience, I think just drink when you're thirsty is is a good rule of thumb. If you're exercising more than an hour, be more deliberate with your hydration. Like amount of water for how much weight you've lost in an exercise session is a, is a good rule for that. And just like chug a glass of water when you wake up in the morning. I think you you got all your bases covered. Yeah, man. I don't have much to say about it. I know it's kind of a short topic. We got some other fun talk, topics coming your way today. But man, I think it really is just that simple. Just what you said, Nick, drink your damn water. My, my rule of thumb is pre-workout is, is your piss clear. The other thing, I, the one other thing I will throw out there is that, you know, for short-term assessments, body weight can, can sometimes be a marker of hydration. Again, this is more for, again, your wrestlers, you know, the people are competing for body weight, but you don't want your body weight getting too low for what you normally are. And sometimes that low body weight can be a marker of dehydration too so definitely definitely check that out if, if you are if you're worried about it yeah and my last caveat is for the dieters out there because that's the reason this even was brought to my attention use the, use water like you can drink 16 24 32 whatever the ounces you want to drink when you're hungry like it's it's not a real a, a meal replacement like we said but it can you know be that intermediary be- between a meal and you can Obviously, you're just gonna piss it out anyway. So the next, and like thing, Rob said, the, right the seltzer water, the, the flavored seltzer oh, water, exactly. the bubbly, the That's what and, I mean by all this. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to just be tap water, right? Like, they right. made it so easy for us now. Yeah. Cool. So you mentioned something that that brings us right to our next topic here, Dan. Is is your piss clear? Another yeah. question that I got from a couple people was, hey, man, I got these new multivitamins and I'm pissing like Mountain Dew color. What's going on here? And I've always heard like since I've never actually fact checked this. I didn't even fact check it today. I figured you guys would just tell me, but supposedly your body just can't process all the vitamins that they're taking in. I'm assuming they're taking like an animal stack or some type of really intense multivitamin. So I kind of want to kick it over to you two and let me know like, why is there neon piss coming out of some of my friends? Have, have we talked about Animal Stack before? The most ridiculous vitamin supplements ever created. <laughs> I think we touched <laughs> on them a little bit, but please go and, deep. Enlighten us, Rob. They they come in like a big coffee canister, or like individually <laughs> packed, like twelve <laughs> vitamins in one one pack. Yeah. They're like horse size, and it takes you. I think you need sixty four ounces of water just to get the pills down. <laughs> So, so taking an animal pack is a workout where you feel like you're doing something, but that'll turn your urine colors you've never seen before that haven't been described by Crayola. <laughs> Spot on. I did it. You're right. But it, yeah. So when you look at like all the vitamins and nutrients you need, everybody has a different hundred percent. You should be able to fill all those buckets within your diet. But if you're deficient in any of those and you take a multivitamin, they're going to fill that void of what you're not getting. Most vitamins, if you get above that level, you're just going to excrete it out. So I think it's vitamin B is is B2 is riboflavin. I think that's the one that's going to turn you that that neon color, which if you eat meat, you're getting a good amount of that in your diet. So if you take a multivitamin that has that vitamin B in there, you're just going to pee it out and you're going to get that neon yellow color. Not not a bad thing at all. Vitamins like like A is one that you got to be careful taking in excess, but vitamin B, you're just going to excrete it. 
Yeah, nothing to worry about. Just just take your single multivitamin, and and I don't think that the pea color is anything to worry about for that. And like you said, it's like a bucket. If the bucket overflows, you're going to piss it out. So there, you can hold so much of whatever nutrients are in that bucket. Bucket overflows, you'll piss it out. Basically, how it works. Do we need them? So if you're on a stringent diet and you're you're very strict and you're hitting all of your food groups. Do you need a multivitamin or are they a fucking scam like I've always thought they are? It's a really hard question to answer because when you think about research in this topic, like what are, what are your outcomes? Are you are looking at morbidity in the long term or like all-cause mortality? But there's so many other things that go into like what causes cancer and what causes heart disease that it's so hard to say like group A didn't get it because they took a multivitamin when you think about like things like stress and sleep. So it's really hard to have like good empirical data on whether multivitamins help. My, my thought process has always been if I'm eating a very good, very diet and I'm not trying to lose weight, then I probably shouldn't need a multivitamin. Saying that I always have one on hand for like days that I know I'm just not eating well. Maybe I under eat or if somebody's like trying to lose weight and they're undernourishing themselves, that's, I think that's a really good time to add a multivitamin to your to your day. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could be just like your centrum off the shelf in the middle of the grocery store. You don't need to get anything super fancy when it comes to multivitamins. I, you know what? I, I probably need more than a multivitamin because I, I, as much protein as I'm eating, I've really suffered. My ability to eat grains and vegetables is really going down the shitter. So I, I heard that there was a supplement or a vitamin. I can't remember the name of it, but Rob helped me out with this. I definitely heard it advertised on a podcast somewhere. It was a uh, like almost like a multivitamin, but specifically for people who miss those veggies. And oh, it's, that um, be- athletic greens. Yeah, athletic greens. That's what I need. So I would fuck with that. It's- but I, or like Rob said, like a normal Centrum multivitamin. But beyond that, I. What do you think about the athletic greens? It's funny you brought that up because since I've been on quarantine, like Mar and I have been eating home every day. I've been cooking, but. I usually like meal prep and I make sure I get enough veggies. And now when I go to the grocery store, everything's picked over. So my veggie consumption's gone way down. So I actually this week bought a greens powder. It's not athletic greens. It's called like Orgain or something. And we just started taking that once a day just to make sure like I got that box check because I know I'm not eating as many veggies as I usually do right now. I might, I might do that. I think that I'm trying to athletic greens because that's like always the, I love that. And that thing is too, I love veggies, but it's just like the getting them and like, making sure they're fresh and, you know, then they go bad. It's a fucking nightmare. If I could just take a pill, I'd do that. Yeah. When did everybody start eating vegetables? Because I used to have no problem getting them at the grocery store, but people start stocking up and all of a sudden they're eating like Brussels sprouts and broccoli, which they've never eaten before. I know that food's just going bad at their house. It's such a waste. Such a fucking waste. I will say, man, I'm with you guys. I've never taken the powdered greens, but if you don't get your vegetables in, it's a pretty easy supplement. 30 scoops, usually about 30, 40 bucks, maybe at the most. And if they are legit, you do your research on them. Pretty easy way to get all those nutri- nutrients in, you know. So you could throw it in on a shake, and you don't even taste them. Nick, that was one we'd always recommend to guys going downrange, just because your food options overseas yeah. usually suck. So it's just like yeah, a, it's an insurance plan that. to make sure you're getting yep. your nutrients. It's just take a greens powder with you. Exactly. Yep. Do you, do you cool. absorb that? Like, is there some good data to showing that you actually absorb that stuff, and and, it, and it's kind of as advertised with that, Rob or Nick? Or I mean, it's your- just a powdered form of most veggies and fruits out there. So I, I don't see. I, I think it would be absorbed better than like a raw yeah. vegetable. But yeah, I mean, no, it's cool. just me processing it in my head. No, I knew I knew guys that would live on it overseas, and then they'd bring it back. They'd live on it here, and they'd be like, "Yeah, I don't need to eat vegetables." I, I'm good. That's fucking awesome. 
It's it's great. I never did it. I like vegetables though. So like, I just like having them on the side of a protein, but if you don't, it's a really easy way to get them in, throw them in on a shake or exactly. I love vegetables. I just, it's always like it, my consumption is scattered based. Like we have this place in New Jersey called produce junction. It's like a veggie fruit place. Yep. So I'll go there and get, get all my shit. And then like three days later it goes bad and I'm throwing it out. And then I'm four days next to my produce junction trip and it's a fucking disaster. It's like, so I, I get it. I'm like great for three days, you know, maybe four days and then off for three days. So it'd be good to have that. It's just tough because like, what are you going to do? You're going to have a shake on the side of your steak. Typically to me, like I just want like my, my peppers and my onions yeah, just, on my, yeah. with my steak. If, if you hate the taste, I guess you can have that shake, but it, it's weird because I'm with you, Dan. Like I just kind of like the taste of it. No, it should never replace the actual eating vegetables because, I mean, that's how you're going to encounter them in the world. But in those right. rare circumstances, like you're on quarantine or you're overseas, like I, th- I think that's a, it's a viable option to just throw for insurance. All right. So now I, I wanted to throw this over. This is like the world has gone mad. Everyone is doing 10 push-ups at a time, challenging all their friends. Rob, luckily for you, you're not in this Instagram <laughs> world where it's C10, do 10, which, man, if I... Hmm. It really frustrates me. I even posted it once, but I did. But that said, I think we can do some good here potentially and help some of our followers out close to 200 on Instagram at this point and throw out a couple workouts that, that people can do. We can call them challenges or we could just say, hey, these are some options for you guys. So I wanted to throw six out, I guess, if you guys each have two and name them if you felt creative. And Dan, I'll kick it over to you first. These should be like minimal equipment required okay cool so this is called the dg ladder named after myself because i just abandoned it one day i've done it twice at the track so this is a max effort for all and you have to try to keep both the four so i'm going to list you all these off and you have to keep the 400 800 try to keep within 10 15 seconds of the first so you're at a track you do a 400 as fast as you fucking can record the time you rest between each of those so you run 400 max effort and then you do one slow lap of walking as you rest, then 800, and then one slow lap of walking as you rest, 16, rest with the slow lap, 800, again, trying to hit within 10 to 15 seconds of the first 800, slow lap walking as you rest, and then a 400, try to hit within 10 seconds of your first 400. So sounds simple, but trust me, that mile's very long, and that second 800 is, is fucking terrible. So that'd be my first hey, one. Give us some gold level times for that, that you're stud if you can hit them on that. Yeah, I would say stud's a relative term. I'll tell you kind of what I'm shooting for. <laughs> so for that, <laughs> I'm not in stud level, but that first 400, I'd say sub 120. Definitely your 800s should be right around three or just below it. And your 1600, mine was definitely close to 630 but i'd say if you could go sub six if you're you know i know we got some listeners that could definitely go sub six you should be shooting for sub six on that yeah that's that's pretty elite right there that's great yeah like i said i'm I'm not i'm not there but but that's the dg ladder anybody wants to try it and shoot up their times i was looking it was my notes at one time sometimes i clean out my notes so i couldn't find my times but i want to say like i said it was probably around 120 for the 400s right around three minutes for the 800s and then like 630 to 645 i'm sure for that mile so about where I was at. Those times are the dev grew ladder, I think. What do, you, what do you got? What do you get, Rob? So my first one is based off of the, the workout program I was doing for a while, the escalating density training, so EDT. So you don't need any equipment for this. You're just going to set a clock for 15 minutes and you do air squats and push-ups 
you break it up however you want. You're just trying to get as many reps as you can within that 15 minutes. I, I, I think you, that the C10, do 10 push-up challenge, my buddies were texting me about this today. Is this the push-up challenge on Instagram? Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's say your chest has to touch the ground on these push-ups and you have to lock out to make sure we have some sort of standard going. Cool. Do you have a name for it? EDT. EDT, perfect. Cool. My, thanks, my thanks for first, creativity there, Rob. Yeah. Thanks. My first one is every mom and dad can do this and has enough time for it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a buy-in. The first buy-in is is one minute max push-ups. So look, all of these are no space, no equipment needed. You could do them in your living room. So one minute max push-up, rest two minutes, and then it's a 15-minute EMOM. One first minute is is push-ups. Your goal is at least 50% of, of your max effort. Your second one are jump squats, which is just you're squatting down, hitting 90, and jumping up. The worst part of the of the burpee, if you will, and three is is a plank. If you can do the full minute, good on you. You're going right into your next push-ups. But let's say you can only do thirty seconds or forty five seconds. I did this today, and look, it's it's going to get your heart going. It's going to get you sweating a little bit. You can do it inside while you're watching Paw Patrol. Dan, good what do you got next? I got it called keeping it one hundred. It's very simple. <laughs> I haven't done it, but I just wrote it, and it's for time. Requires no nothing. 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 air squats, 100 reverse lunges for time. Nice. That's 400, Very 400 simple. Total, 400 total reps. Yeah. Reps. You get, so you get your push-ups, you get your chest, you get your triceps, you get your sit-ups, you get your abs. Air squats, you get your ass and quads. Reverse lunges, you get your quads and hips. Hits everything. And you shoot it for time. So you get some cardio. Good stuff. All right. Since my first name wasn't creative, I'm going to come up with a good name for this one. So this one's called social distancing. And you're gonna you're gonna need a jump rope, which is gonna create your six foot barrier because you, you don't want to get smacked in the face by a jump rope. Right. Yeah. So you're just gonna set that timer that I told you to download a few episodes ago. You do 50 seconds of just regular jump rope, 10 second rest. Ultimate goal is to be able to do that for 30 minutes. But even if you can get 10 minutes of 50 on, 10 off, it's gonna yeah. put your heart rate exactly in that aerobic range we've talked about. So it's a no no competition on this one. It's just a good aerobic output. And even if you don't have a jump rope, if you just jump in place and like move your hands, people aren't going to come near you either because you're going to look a little strange. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> That's a good point. This next one for me, last one of the group, unless you guys have any others, but it's called Less Time Than an Episode of The Office. It's a three-minute AMRAP. Just made it up. Just made Mal do it really quickly before this. Three-minute AMRAP, two-minute rest between. So each round takes five minutes. So you can do three to five is what I'm thinking is, is would probably be enough. She was pretty toasted after the first one, but first minute or no, not, not first minute. Sorry. Three minute and wrap 10, four count flutter kicks. So it's one, two, three, one, one, two, three, two. So it's actually 40 reps, 12 jumping lunges. So you're jumping, it's split lunge back and forth. So six each leg and then eight burpees. So she was getting two, two and a half rounds per three minutes. So again, you get your two minute rest between three minutes of work. You can do that three to three to five times. You know, all these workouts are done inside 30 minutes, which is what we're shooting for. Now, this is today. We're filming this on Saturday. I think we should make it a point to each at least hit one of these workouts during the week. I definitely got to do the keeping at 100 because I wrote it and I've never done it. So I will definitely do that. Coming here. <laughs> Yours is by far the scariest. That that run, the DG ladder is terrifying. The DG 
The DG ladder sucks. Dude, I did that once, and I, there's probably a reason I've never done it again. <laughs> it's two and a half miles of sprint. That's nasty, dude. Yeah, that's awful. I like uh, I like the first one uh, that Rob sent out EDT. It's nice and simple. Yeah. Go push it. Get your 15 minutes in real hard. Yeah, we'll post all these to the gram, too. You guys can send me those via text, and I'll throw them up. Yeah, hopefully it gives people options because I know everyone's going stir crazy right now. Dan, I'm pretty pumped for your fantasy book of the week. I was calling it fantasy <laughs> book of the week because we're, <laughs> I know you're going to take some uh, creative liberties here this week. Romance oh, novel. Yeah. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> yeah, it's a with the Fabio on the cover. You want me to go now for the book of the week? Yeah, I, I want to start with it. Okay, so I actually picked one that's nonfiction. So it is a a true story. It's called Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance. I don't know if you, you guys have read that book. No. No, Rob. No. So this is about a dude who grew up in Ohio and just kind of in this shitty environment with like, you know, mom who's got an opioid addiction and her man is kind of, you know, she's got stepdads all over, you know, dudes kind of in and out. And this guy's growing up in this horrible environment. And it's kind of a, um, I guess the point of the book, and it's all a true story. This is this um, J.D. Vance. This is his his autobiography, and he's uh, kind of explaining how a lot of people in America grow up, you know, in you know middle class Rust Belt, you know, probably lower middle class Rust Belt, these kind of terrible, you know, environments, and how the opioid crisis kind of hit them. And it is one of those things where it's just not really talked about, and the way he kind of illuminates, you know, how how he got himself out of this, and it. Turns out he, you know, went to the Marines and then he went to Ohio State and became a lawyer and has really done really well for himself, but definitely more of the exception than the rule. And it always bums me out when I hear how many people live like this. I also think of that show Shameless where where you just see people that grow up in these terrible environments. I know we all grew up in pretty great environments overall. So just one of those books that kind of gets you gets you looking at things from another direction and maybe gets you thinking about some people that you might know from you know different walks of life that you don't really think about so really good book definitely not a fantasy book but uh something that's a little outside the box for you guys <laughs> wait is that a, is that a true story yeah it's a true story no i thought you were coming in with a fiction book this week yeah, we were coming in no, with no, no, I, no, I said mm-hmm. non-fiction yeah I, I could go i could do like a weird one but i you know i had a couple i have a couple in the uh, chamber oh, still that, uh, fiction because, or as fantasy because i thought it was gonna be fiction but no that sounds like a actually really good book and it also bleeds into the topic that everyone in america is talking about other than covid19 which is tiger king Are you guys watching this on netflix I've not started Tiger King. I'm balls deep in 17 different shows right now, and Tiger King's not one of them. You're kidding me. Rob, have you even heard of it? Yeah, Mara watched the the whole series this week, and I was kind of like, just caught glimpses of it. I think I saw all I really needed to see, though. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to see much. It's a fucking freak show, but when I started hearing about hillbillies and drug addictions, it made me think that this was going into Dan talking about, oh, by the way, have you you watched tiger king it's so bad <laughs> well that, that'll be our official netflix recommendation then tiger king mm. i feel like I'm, everyone's yeah i'm late to the party yeah well you know like i said the first three or four episodes there's only seven you're gonna be like what the f- what am i watching is this a comedy is this a spoof it ends up being sad by the end but the first three or four definitely worth watching kind of fun sounds it sounds hilarious yeah, it's a bunch of fucking freaks that raise tigers and sell <laughs> And they, they have rivalries and you know they're coming at each other. It's crazy. Oh my god, uh, nobody should raise a tiger. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're only five. <laughs> <or six. laughs> Each one costs ten grand to uh, feed for the year, and the one guy I mean, has we, like two hundred and twenty-five. I mean, if we put our Trump checks together, we could fucking get one of these tigers. That's true. These big daddy Trump checks better come through hot. <laughs> They're coming in hot. Okay, great. All right, hitters. Rob, what do you got? Do another repeat on Queens of the Stone Age here. Coming in with Little Sister. This one's clocking in at an 8.6. All righty. What do you have, Dan? My first one is by, you got me down, when you said Bayside, you went, got me down this uh, rabbit hole. Good. Recently, and got me. You know, I was going through some Bayside songs, and I was like, you know, there's some great ones, but I went with Mr. Chainsaw by the Alkaline Trio. You, you ever listen to Alkaline Trio? I have. I don't know any of their songs by they're name. Very, they're very Bayside esque, kind of like that, kind of like that emo screamo pop punk, but but a little on the heavier side, kind of like Bayside. So I I dig that song a lot, Mr. Chainsaw. It is an awesome running song, just great tempo. So eight point zero for that one. Great, Next. awesome. I love I love uh, new bands on on the playlist. This one's gonna be a repeat. Lupe just might be okay. Came on. I was doing some sprint row intervals this morning, and I just like the sound of it. I like the feel. Great chorus, and you know, not, not as high energy as some of the the hip hop songs that I bring to the table, but just good good overall feel. What do you got for uh, number two, Dan? I went with Jay-Z, 22 twos. This song is off Reasonable Doubt's first album. Probably one of the best Jay-Z tracks of all time. I don't know how it's taken us this long to get it. That's that's a 9.0. What do you think, Nick? Is that a gym song? She's got the intro with the the lady who's, it's like an open mic presentation. I mean, like, so much of that's like kind of like art, right? You know, are we looking for Fast and Furious movies or are we looking for Martin Scorsese? It's the same thing with the gym hitters. It's like, they're setting a scene at a, at a, I don't know if it's an improv or an open mic, whatever it is, open mic, obviously. And, you know, getting shit talked to, it it sets the scene perfectly. The song is legendary. Yeah, I don't don't think it's going to, I mean, you know, my my gym hitter credibility has taken several hits, but I do think this works (laughs) in a gym hitter. I think if this comes on, I think if it comes on and like she starts talking, I think like I get goosebumps like hearing her talk and like hearing him come in. So if you don't like that, fuck off. Next yeah, you got. I, I, I just don't think anyone's got the balls to really talk shit on anything from Reasonable Doubt. It's hands down. Oh, you gotta be a, you, you'd have to be a fucking psychopath. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. My my next one's a, a newbie, and I, I was looking for several. This guy, he has like four or five songs that could be on here easily. Have you guys heard of Hopspit, Hopson? H-O-P-S-I-N? Hopson? No. That's not the third baseman for the Phillies, is it? No, that's Hoskins, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It'd be sick if he sounded like this. (laughs) I need help is the song. And I'll give it it an 8-2. I listened to it probably three times a day. I wanted to make sure it deserved to be here. It's Man, he's got an Eminem flow. He doesn't sound like Eminem, but he's just kind of violent in the way he just spits shit and he's goes at everyone's throat. He's an under underground guy, so he's always, you know, talking shit to the big boys. So you know, I, I think he deserves a spot on the on the playlist and I hope you guys like it. Do you have another one, Dan, or no? I do. I am un unimposing my self imposed band. No, I was hoping <laughs> classic. Yeah, I do. Um so Rob got me thinking of Queens of the Stone Age and then I heard Dave Grohl 
you know, who played drums with Queen of the Stone Age on Bill Simmons band. And I always like it when like you hear a musician like, oh, they, nobody can fuck with these guys. And Dave Grohl said, Queen of the Stone Age is the best live band ever. And that's all I needed to hear. So I went back in the Queen of the Stone Age and picked out the song, Go With The Flow, Queen of the Stone Age, is an 8.0. Rob, do you know what? Please tell me Go With The Flow. That's probably their, their most popular song, man. That is an absolute hitter. I fucking love that song. I'm excited. I'm very excited to throw that on there. So am I just missing Queens of the Stone Age is a huge band that I had no idea even existed? I mean, I know you brought a song up a couple weeks ago. I don't know how they're, they're, they are, but they've been around for a long time. Like their first album came out like late 90s. They've just been doing it forever. They're one of those bands that like every band loves, but they don't have a huge following, if that makes sense. Like they're super well respected by every fan and every band, but it's like they never quite, besides when Dave Grohl played drums on that album, they never quite hit probably the way they should have. Would you agree with that, Rob? Yeah, I mean, as much as I know about the music world, I they're, they're not as mainstream as I think they deserve to be, but I don't know anything about music. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're fucking awesome. Like, everyone loves them, but they're just kind of like just flying s- slowly and steadily under the radar. It's, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing. You know, sometimes the most talented people, just for whatever reason, just don't get, you know, Hey, the, hey, man! The they never bit. sold out, dude. They're they're staying. Very <laughs> <rude>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Maybe it's that. Uh, Yo, by, the, by the way, Nick, I, I've been on yeah. Chitty Bang all week, dude. You you've like opened a, a can of worms. I can't stop listening to that uh, that one Here's album. Well? Now. Oh my god! Oh my it's god! So How ridiculous is that? I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I can't believe it's listened. not on Spotify. Oh, it's infuriating for the last 10 years. It, that, Airswell not being on Spotify, and Kanye West when he was le- releasing Good Friday music leading up to like the Friday before Christmas or something, those two mixtapes have never been added to Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. It's heartbreaking because it's so good and you have to go on like SoundCloud or some shit. Killing me. I'm glad you liked it though. Dan, did you, uh, oh, oh. you, did you hear Chitty Bang and, and uh, care for them at all? I fucking, I, I listened to that song twice. It was fucking awesome, but I got to go balls deep. And you know, like I just, I'm a, I have a sickness. You, you give me a band. I got to listen to like 17 of their, you know, songs and albums. So I, I haven't done like the, the chitty bank deep dive, but I like the song you put on and it got me thinking of another song. Cause I think they sample it as MGMT, which you're going to see yeah. on the gym hitters list. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says about it uh, because MGMT is awesome. But yeah, I like, I like chitty bang. It's fucking great stuff. How many times have you said balls deep in one episode? Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that the title of this one? Balls deep. <laughs> balls deep and hydration, I think is our, is our title. <laughs> balls deep and hydration. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, look, I got one more song and then I do want to shout out a video because it's so sick. The song could probably make it too, but I, I'll throw uh, Tupac. Tupac's not on our playlist enough. Thug's Mansion with Anthony Hamilton. Put it on there. Just, it's so good. Every I walked out there and my wife and my mom were doing five by five back squats today and that song was on and I was like, God, I just, just give me the fucking barbell and get out of here. Let, 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 let me let me just get a workout in really quick. Yo, is that the the one with the acoustic intro? No. 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 So the acoustic oh, intro okay. is a whole different version, but the one with Anthony Hamilton's a little bit more up tempo, hits a okay. little harder on, on the intro. So great song. The the acoustic version, equally great. Probably even better, but obviously not for this playlist. And the the one thing I wanted to shout out, if you want to go watch just a cool music video, Joyner Lucas is one of my favorite rappers, and uh, he's got a song that's just called Will, and it's just basically him shouting out Will Smith. If you're a Will Smith fan, 
you like any of Will Smith's music or movies or whatever, go watch it. It's worth three and a half, four minutes. I don't want to spoil it, but I do like Will Smith because is it on Spotify? Yeah, I mean the song's on Spotify. I don't know if the music video is, but uh, the, is, the YouTube, is it a hitter? It's it's close to a hitter. I'm not ready to say it is yet. Because right now okay, it's very well, nostalgic for me. But if you just yeah. want to go, it's similar to the book of the week. Like if you just want to be entertained for three or four yeah. minutes, go throw it on and be. Basically, I'm calling all Will Smith fans. If if you like Will Smith, if you were a Fresh Prince of Bel Air guy, go watch it. You're gonna be like, oh man, that's, that's pretty cool. You you want me to rap all of uh, getting jiggy with it right now? Because I still have that song memorized. I would like you to start right now. <laughs> Somebody just made drop a beat real quick. Dance yeah, I know, I know, I know. We're getting. I go psycho on the new joint. <laughs> Just my hit. Got to get jiggy with it. We had it. <laughs> I can go with you. And what was that? Two thousand one or something. Oh, I was right. It was there was a, a span where I would go to a Will Smith movie every year for my birthday. It was like Men in Black and Independence oh, Day. The Just okay. I'm sending this, this to the group. You're gonna fucking love it. Then this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I did want to throw uh so so I haven't done my weekly shout outs, but at the strategy of fitness on Instagram, we got you can find us on iTunes, you can find us on Spotify, and now Google Play. We should be live on Google Play by the time this airs. So that's another platform you can listen to us on. You can find us on SoundCloud uh, for the podcast, and then if Strategy Fitness official gym hitters on Apple Music and Spotify. I think we got us some good stuff today. It's a little silliness, a little little serious, a little science, but uh, nothing else to fucking do. If they've made it this long in this podcast, they probably want us to keep going because there's no, there's no, there's no sports. What are you gonna do? Like I don't know about you guys, but I'm trying to fill my time up over here. It's it's eerie tapping on the ESPN app and there's no scores on there because it's almost oh, like a force yeah. of habit just to check it and there's just, there's nothing. It's so weird. I don't even know how. I mean, I was thinking about this earlier. So China's kind of opening their borders and they're figuring out that there's they're making themselves susceptible again. How do we even have sports later this until it's one hundred percent eradicated? Like literally, no one has it. How can you even start having sports again? I don't know. It seems irresponsible to me. It's going to be like is, empty is stadium sports. It's going to be that eeriness. I guess, but man, then then the players have to be quarantined. They can't go talk to their families or be with them unless their families are quarantined. It's like, how far do you take it out, you know? It's a question for brighter minds. Yeah, a question for brighter minds, but here's what I know. Is we need an NBA biodome like Paulie Shore in that movie from 1995 <laughs> where we just have a, we have a fucking biodome. And if you're in the NBA and you're an owner, you're a player, get your ass in the fucking biodome and you play basketball for my entertainment so I can sit my fat ass on, on the couch and drink a beer and watch you play basketball. Please, God. Dude, the fact that NASCAR drivers are racing on Xbox and people are watching it, that's how – I'd bet on it. If I knew how to do it, I'd bet on it. <laughs> I mean, look, I think golf is the one that we could do. Maybe they have yeah, let's do golf. different holes or something, or each hole has to be cleaned afterwards. It's the only time that, I mean, golf would thrive if they would do it. Uh, I feel like NASCAR yeah. is the other one, by the way, that could probably do it. You feel like <sighs> supposedly the Khabib it. fight is going to continue and, and it's going to happen in, in the middle of April. They just, oh, they're, gonna they're do it hosting on the Russian space station, right? right where he wants it it is it is interesting that people are worried about the ufc continuing it's like these guys are like kicking each other like you could get a calcaneus to the temple 
but you're worried about like coronavirus, which you know, like it's you know, like the probably is the one sport that should continue if you really think about it. Honestly, God, it really should. They should just do it attached to some hospital Ken, in the middle I, of the country that's impacted by this. All I'm asking for is a sports vibe, though. I need yeah, a sports vibe, and that's all I need. De- definitely the best, the best idea we've had so far today. <laughs> Let's get some Steve <laughs> funny through the that? podcast. Uh, Dan is the president of Biodome Sports. <laughs> Dude, that would, that would be... Uh, we might have to do this. <laughs> like, all the deep the, networks. BDN. Balls deep network. BDN. I I love it. uh, This is such good ideas. That's right. That's that's a good episode. Yeah, boys. Great episode, guys. Everyone have a safe and wonderful week. Later. Later.